so it's been a little while since the last race in Paris, California, and I'm uh, having a little bit of uh, motorcycle racing withdrawal, so I decided to head on down to Savannah, Georgia, just to watch as a fan. It's the last race there, supposedly, as the track is a half mile, so I wanted to go down there and check it out, go down there not working, and uh, enjoy some motorcycle racing, and along the way, I went on down to Florida and, and uh, hooked up with a friend of mine and, and uh, made some phone calls to my uh, flat track family. Hello? Hello. 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 I'm very passionate about this sport and so are these riders and so are the teams and so are the mechanics and everybody has a story and and during this off season I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to reach out to them just to see what's been going on since the off season maybe what they have planned for 2018 uh, maybe recap the, the 2017 season a little bit I hope you have as much fun listening as I did making it sit back and enjoy Off, off the Groove with Scotty Dubler So I want to try a little something different with this next interview. So I did two at once. They're part of Team MJGR. They've been friends for a little while. And I always give one of them a hard time because Jesse Janish is, I call him the old man of the bunch, and, but he's really, he's only 30 years old. So it's not really fair. But uh, I do that because now it's it's kind of a thing because he, he always smirks at me when I when I introduce him for the main event. But uh, Jesse Janish has a teammate, Morgan Mishler, and they call him Merg. So I want to hear some more stories about uh, how cool it is to travel on the road and wear floral hats and get in trouble and ride groms. Talk about two funny cats, Team MJGR. All right, we caught up with Jesse Janish, former national number 45. He now runs the number 132. And Morgan Mishler, he runs the number 69 in the AFT singles class. What's going on, fellas? Uh, just hanging out here in Wisconsin, enjoying some frigid temperatures. Is it yeah, cold? It's cold up there already? Uh, yeah, right now it's like a high of 20 today. So it's uh, it's the coldest day we've had so far since uh, temperatures have dropped off. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely cold. And, and why do you live up there? For the ice. You like the ice. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you like snowmobiles? You, you, ice, you guys both ice race, right? Yeah. Is, yeah, mostly we just do uh, the charity races. So ice racing is a big thing about tires. Um, so a lot of us up here just mostly focus on the endurance races, just for the fitness side and then uh, the enjoyment side. So do you ride all, all the ice racing you're talking about? Is that all out, outdoors on a lake, or do you run any of the indoor ice racing series? No, this is all outdoors. Uh, usually there's a like an endurance event where it's like two hours or three hours, and we'll go and do that and, and have some fun just it's just an Iron Man deal, or you can have a partner. Right on. So, so I've been told I'm, I, you know, I, I was born in South Dakota. I, I left there before I even started riding flat track, but I never raced on the ice. But I've been told it's more consistent and actually it's faster than dirt. Is is that your, you know, is that the case for both of you two? Absolutely. Yeah, ice racing's crazy. It's uh, it's it's definitely more consistent than dirt, but then. The tires are a huge part of it and how good your tires are, who makes your tires. Um, we, we, For the longest time, everybody was on uh, AMA tires, what we call it. But it's basically a spec-style screw. And then uh, over the last, like, five years or so, people have been venturing out to use, like, Canadian-style screws, which are basically just longer. Um, but with the longer screw, it cuts through the snow better. And then basically the more screws you get on the ice, the more traction you have. So the Canadian screws are absolutely insane. You so, can basically drag bar 
with the wheels hooked up. That's nuts. So do you, you take a, a motocross style tire and then just screw the screws into the tread or do you take a flat track based tire and, and screw into the tread? Neither of us do absolutely anything. <laughs> I love it. I love the honesty. So, so you buy them already, already with the screws in them. You just throw them on your on your your normal rims, or do you, do you have to buy a whole new setup? Uh, yeah. Basically, you can just run motocross style wheels. Um, actually, my my flat track sponsor, Westbound Harley Davidson, builds uh, builds ice tires. Okay. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, you. You basically use a standard motocross knobby, but there are specific tires that we try, and certain tires work better than others. So um, most of us basically use a Moto Z, which is the brand name style tire. It's a sand tire that is actually discontinued. So it's kind of a weird deal, but it's uh, ice racing kind of is a niche sport that you need specific tires to go fast. Um, but, yeah, luckily we have, like, the insight with, you know, being so close to the guys that build them. Right on. That's cool. That's good stuff. Uh, so when, when do you guys start ice racing? Is it obviously the, are the lakes frozen up there yet or are you guys just getting everything prepared? Uh, just getting everything prepared. I heard like Kevin Anderson. I talked to him last week. It sounds like next week they'll already be on the ice. Uh, we don't even have a layer of ice yet, but we're like right at the borderline of starting to freeze. Right on. That's, that's good stuff. Let's get back into who, who we're talking to. I know, I've been friends with uh, Jesse Janish, you know, used to be national number 45 from back in 2007, 2012. I always introduce you as the old man on the bunch, but that's really not fair because you're, you're only a, a ripe age of 30. You know, you're, you're still a youngster, but uh, you know, you're, you're old considering, you know, the rest of the guys you're, you're racing with typically. So I always give you, give you a hard time about that, but it always uh, puts a smile on your face before you put your helmet on. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Jesse Janish, you know, your background. how did you get started in flat track? Uh, I was basically starting flat track through my parents, like most people. Um, I started dirt tracking when I was three and then racing when I was four. And I would say that I had a lot of luck on my side of uh, my dad being friends with Glenn Schnabel Sr., which is J.R. Schnabel's dad. And we lived about 15 minutes away from their house. So basically my childhood was growing up at J.R. Schnabel's house riding with him. So that was kind of a big part of it. And then uh, my parents basically funded my racing until I was about 24, 25 years old. So we did, uh, we did a little bit of everything, did some dirt tracking and then, um, kind of got sick of that, went and did some motocrossing and then basically got to be 12 years old. So I could ride two fifties finally because the age rules and then got back into dirt track and then did some supermoto and then switched to road racing and have basically just done a little bit of everything. And then uh, once I wasn't good enough in road racing, I came back to dirt track. So you you, you, de- you determined that you were the fastest and best. You were faster, and you, you saw a career in in flat track. Is that why you stuck with that? Stuck with flat track? Uh I don't know which one I'm the best at. Honestly, I I was a pretty good road racer. I wasn't good enough to quote unquote make it, um, but I also wasn't quote unquote good enough to make it in dirt track. So uh, just I have a lot of fun doing both. Um, it's just that flat track's a lot more reasonably priced for me, so I can actually afford to do that. Okay. That makes um, sense. So yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about our other person on the line, the other half of team MJGR. We'll get into that in just a second, but it's, it's Morgan Mishler and, and I've heard Jesse calls you Merg. So, you know, when I use the microphone, I have to use the proper name unless I'm throwing a nickname in there. So how do you want to be called? Is it, is it Merg, Morgan Mishler? How do you want me to talk to you? 
Merg is fine. I mean, whichever you prefer. All right. Merg so is quicker. I like Merg. So Merg, uh, let's hear your let's hear your story. So you know, a lot of people may not know who you are, but you know, I think of you as a super fast short tracker from up in Wisconsin that can win at any any short track we go to, and and you, you know, you always shine up there at the Dairyland Classic, but. Uh, uh, you know, just breaking onto the scene for some people. Um, my dad actually, out of nowhere, says, "Hey, man, who is that number sixty-nine? And so he started watching it Daytona this year, and he he became a, a huge fan of yours. So let's get a little background on Merg. Yeah, I like your dad. He's a nice guy. He's smart. <laughs> uh, I started riding when I was three and a half, just a JR fifty around like my house and everything. I wasn't allowed to race until I was on I was fifty when I was five, and then. I started winning like the second and third race and the fourth race I was protested and disqualified because I had a XR 15. I could supposedly shift, even though my dad took the shifter off. (laughs) And I mean, I I really have no diversity when it came to riding. I just, I always rode one track and that was my grandma's and we just had a blast at uh, my grandma's, which was the Beaver cycle club is the Beaver cycle club. And I, I only really raced there. And then when I was about 10, 11, we went to amateur nationals and I absolutely got my ass handed to me. I, I thought I was going to be like at least competitive. I was wrong. And so then I uh, just went right back to Atwater, kept racing. And then we went back, I want to say like four years later. And then we started doing the amateur national stuff. Raced amateur national stuff, still got my ass handed to me. And then from there, uh, the only thing I've really done that's been impressive is, like, win the Springfield short track. That that was like, well, I might as well go pro, I guess. So then I went pro, and then it's all kind of – it was a rough start. It was not exactly nice to me, but from there, I've only gotten better. And – you know, having Jesse here to tell me what I'm doing wrong all the time and honestly has uh, really helped. So, I don't know, it's just been mainly about fun. Like, when I was little, my dad would always uh, just yell at me, like, just go have fun. That's it. And that's all I've ever done with it. You know, I've never motoed. I've never gone out and did anything bigger than flat track. So, I mean, this is basically like a home. That's good stuff. So, so how old are you, Merg? I'm 21 years old. How, how'd you get teamed up with uh, Jesse? You know, you know, just at because you're both from you know the same area. You meet at the racetrack. How'd you guys become friends? Uh, through the Beaver Cycle Club. Okay. Uh, that my grandma owns the land that's on, and the club that owns it rents the land from her and. They actually hold races there, so it's not like just a train facility. It's also an actual racetrack. And I like when I was little, I always idealized all the pro racers. Always wanted to be them because they had the coolest stuff. And then when I don't know, it was uh, after a night of uh, short track in there, and and my brother had the audacity to ask Jesse why I had like a small twitch, and Jesse's response, probably my favorite response ever, was, why don't I kick you in the balls and I'll see what you do. <laughs> so from there, I was like, Ooh. I've always like kind of held him up on a pedestal and like now finally getting to race with him. 
and I mean the whole age difference. It's it's hard to notice the age difference because we just go out and have so much fun. But I'd say that that's probably like the first like holy smoke that was that was spooky. And uh, from there we just kind of raced together. He rode my 252 stroke for the first year he came back after his hiatus, and. I mean, he he had a ball in that thing just as I used to. So from there, you know, our friendship only grew. Right on. So what is MJGR? I mean, do you guys need a vowel? You got you don't have vowels up there in Wisconsin? Or, or tell me about what is MJGR? Uh, MJGR is Merg and Jesse Go Racing. So that kind of was a crazy thing that we started. Um Basically, last year, I raced for a team called Energia Racing. But uh, after that team basically folded, uh, we were both left kind of without rides because I got hurt last year, and then I got Merg to fill-in ride um, while I was out. And then, yeah, so we were both left without rides this year, and we were kind of talking about how we should go about things. And, you know, we're, we're both kind of just going racing to have fun, and that's, that's kind of the difference with, with how we're based compared to a lot of other race teams or, uh, or riders. Um, so it was kind of comical when we came up with it and I'm like, heck, let's, let's make a Facebook page, you know? And you're, you're having fun with it, but you guys are both winning. So that's, that's gotta be uh that's cool too. I mean, I, I've always, you know, been told if you're having fun, you're going fast or, you know, and vice versa. I think, I think it kind of works together. Yeah, it definitely does. And that's, that's like the best thing I think that we have going for us right now is basically the fun that we're having or that we're showing at the track. It's, it's a hundred percent natural and it's a hundred percent real, you know? That's kind of uh, the difference than when you see the guys that are only happy after they win a race. I mean, basically, we get fifth, we get sixth, we get twelfth. We're still just as happy as if we get second or third. You know? Yeah, that's that's good stuff for sure. I, I love it, man. That's that's really cool. Let's just uh, let's dive into the 2017 season. And if if I if I skip over a race that sticks out to either one of you two, let's talk about it. But uh, uh, obviously, we start off the year at the Daytona TT, a brand new track. Jesse, you ended up fourth. I don't see any points for Morgan. So, Jesse, you talk about it a little bit first. Uh, Daytona was awesome. I've been inside the Speedway a few times because I used to road race there. So, getting to race inside the Speedway, was it was really, really cool. I mean, it was basically a picturesque atmosphere with, uh, you know, being inside there opposed to being on the outside. Um, the track was new. It was definitely slippery, and it was a struggle for a lot of us, but it was the same for everybody. So... Is basically we had to take it as it came. Um, the main event kind of sucked. I ended up losing my front brakes about halfway. So it would have been uh, would have been nicer to get at least on the podium if not had a victory there. But yeah, brake fade brake fade was definitely my struggle, and that's where I kind of ended up with fading back to fourth there at the end of the main. Still a good way to start off the season. Merg, uh, no points there. Did did you even go down there or just not make the main or what happened? I think I qualified like third. <laughs> And then what? Uh, and then it was all downhill from there, obviously. we uh, I crashed in the first corner, and then a couple laps later I crashed. And then I was doing really good in my last chance qualifier. I went from, like, dead last to, uh, like, fourth in the first couple laps. And then I was making a pass for third just to keep moving forward. And the, the dude on the inside, on the cowie, held it on longer than I did. And I was like come on, <laughs> I know you're not making this corner. And he took us both to the top of the track. So then I sat in like fifth and then I worked my way back up into a transfer spot and then of course crashed again. So it was pretty consistent for the first race, I would say. And 
I had a blast at the TT, though. I thought it was fun. Got we'll all see what they do with other track next year. Yeah, got all your crashing out of the way for the whole season. So before we move off of Daytona, uh, Merg, you brought up just, just a second ago, but uh, we're going back there next year, which I think is really cool. Um, and I also think that the track held up really good. You know, they brought that all that dirt in, you know, two days after the Supercross, and it held up really good. But if you if you guys could change anything, Merg, you go first. What would you change about the track for next year? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a track builder. All right. <laughs> Make a bigger jump. Bigger, I'll, bigger I'll jump. Slow down. Everyone else go faster, but all right. Whatever. Jesse, what would you change on on the Daytona TT? Ah, uh, the layout's tough in there. They're they are, they're definitely confined for space, but um, you know, it's having a slow speed corner or a high speed straightaway going into a slow speed corner is awesome for passing for breaking. But when you're coming out of a low speed corner to a high speed straightaway, it separates everybody. So it'd be nice if we had like maybe a little bit more of a flowing section to the track before we hit a big straightaway, because that way there'd actually be a draft or people be a little bit closer coming into a slow corner where you could actually make some passes. So just, I think passing would be better. You know, some of the tracks, unfortunately they make it tough for us to get by guys. Yeah, that's good stuff for sure. So we leave Daytona in the rear view mirror. We go down to, uh, or we go up to Atlanta, uh, 16th place finish for Jesse and a, and an eighth for Morgan. So Morgan get breaking the top 10. Um, anything stick out there? Do you guys, either one of you want to talk about? Uh, what I remember from that track was Brandon Price falling off the back of his bike randomly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was uh, too far back to get to watch that, unfortunately. Okay. All right, so you had to watch it on uh, NBCSN, right, Jesse? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, know, uh, I, was, I was pumped that I was, like, top 10, and, and I unfortunately tied my best result of 8th. And I, I really wanted to do better than 8th, and I, I stayed at 8th, so I was, like, I, was, I was okay with it, but... You know, we just kept on moving, and we were ready to go to North Carolina. Absolutely. So, did you guys stay out when when you when you go to Florida, and then we go the very next week was was Atlanta, and then Charlotte? Did you guys stay out on the road the whole time, or you go back and forth? I stayed in Florida. Nice. I had to go home. Uh, somebody had to work, right? I took off five days of uh, vacation for Daytona, and then as soon as Daytona was over, I drove home and I worked for five days, and then I drove straight to Georgia. Wow. And then straight home, and I worked for another five days, and then drove straight to Charlotte, dude, and straight home, and then went right back to work without missing any work. So. That that's hardcore, right there. Yeah, I, and, uh, I had uh, spring break, so my week after Daytona was spent just hanging out in Daytona and Gainesville, and then from there I bummed a ride up to Atlanta. So spring break, you are you still you're, you're 21? Are are you a slow learner? You're still in high school, or are you in college now? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you could say that, but I'm not thinking so. Uh, I'm a junior right now at uh, UW-Whitewater. All right, cool. So let's get into Charlotte. Uh, Morgan, you said you tied eighth was your best finish, you know, so far of your career. And then uh, Charlotte, you know, top five, you got a fifth place finish. Uh, you must have liked the track. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot, like the first couple laps of my semi. And then for some reason, I, I lost the front and decided to headbutt the ground and and then we came from dead last to get seventh, so still made it. Not exactly the way I wanted to make it, but I was having fun on the track. And and in the main event, it was a tough get off in the very first lap. And then from there, I was really sore the rest of the main event. But I worked my way up to fifth, and I thought I was going to get Colby at the end there. But 
camp just shy. Yeah, fifth, fifth is a good solid finish, and like you said, that was your career best. So it had to be be good to leave there with a the fifth. And then Jesse, you end up with a twelfth there, so probably nothing you want to talk about, right? I, I mean, I wasn't fourth until I fell. <laughs> so all right, I was actually uh, I actually had a pretty good main event going, um, but just uh, me and me and Ben Lau were battling for fourth, and he had gotten by me. And I uh, just lost the rear coming into three there. And then that, I was actually the cause of, I think, the second or third red flag in that main event. Uh, unfortunately, I put Kyle Johnson and Stallings down due to kind of where I fell and the way I slid. So I got gotcha. you. So we, we leave there. We go to Arizona. No finish no finish in Sacramento. So did you guys skip the western sl- uh, swing? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't make a we – didn't, we didn't head out west this year at all. Okay. Uh, second place finish at the Springfield TT and, and a guy came in from the road race world and, and put it on us flat trackers. Uh, Jesse came up just a little bit short to Hayden Gillum. Uh, how'd you feel about, about getting beat there? I, I really expected you to win there. Uh, I mean, it's a little frustrating, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, like the last two years, he's really like kicked my butt at a lot of these TTs and it, it's, it's getting annoying for sure. Um, and it's, you know, it's not his fault. He's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just situationally, I've kind of dealt myself bad cards, I guess. Um, last year, Peoria, I had a blown out knee. That was my first race back from a blown out knee. And then uh, this Springfield, not that it's a good excuse by any means, but basically I just hopped on a brand new bike that I had no time on. So, you know, I was kind of struggling with that. And then I didn't really help myself with qualifying in the back. We kind of struggled with uh, with the track prep there a little bit for qualifying. It was a little dry and muddy at the same time. So I fell in the mud and uh, <laughs> didn't help myself do any favors there. So I was uh, I was actually on the back row for a heat race in uh, the pro singles class, which I never even did that as a Grand National expert. So that was uh, that was kind of embarrassing, but it happens. That's right. Still, still finished off the night with the second place finish. So, uh, good job there. Uh, no, no score, no points for either one of you at the Red Mile. Oklahoma City, uh, seventh and eighth place finish. So, this is the the closest you guys raced each other as far as finishing order. Um, on a mile, do you guys work together as a team? Do you have any strategy on a mile? I know Oklahoma City is not you know typically a drafting type mile, but uh, you know seventh and eighth place. Were you racing each other? Were you out there having any fun, or is that just how you ended up? Oh God, up? no, it's gone. <laughs> uh, it was me and Parker Lang, who's also from Wisconsin. We were battling for uh, eighth and ninth, and then Jesse was, uh, I would say, probably like 20 bike lengths ahead of us. So, I mean, he uh, Parker got by me and started reeling Jesse, and then uh, on the last lap, Parker made a, a mistake coming out of four, and I was just a lot smoother and on the outside of everything, so I just cut underneath. And then uh, he didn't have a drive for the straightaway, so I got by him. So it was more of an eighth and ninth battle, and he was out doing his own thing. All right. That's good stuff. Let's go on to Lima. Uh, 17th, play, 17th place finish for Jesse and a ninth for Morgan. Morgan, I want to start with you because uh, growing up in Wisconsin, you know, there's not a lot of cushions, but, uh, you know, you ride other places as well. So ninth place, is that, is that a good finish for you at Lima, or were you expecting a little more? I mean – Scotty, I actually got to cut in on this one. Do it. You know, the, the rule book has certain rules, and, you know, we only read the ones we want to. So <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that we have this. Um, I'm just going to say that there's a possibility. Uh, we may or may not have radios inside our helmets. Okay. So 
I was kind of doing my thing. I was actually running kind of up front. I think I was up to like sixth or seventh place, and I was I was just starting to catch Ben Lau and uh, and Brandon Price. And Merg radioed in that he was having a mechanical issue. Okay. And all I could think about and all I was worrying about was how well he was going to finish on a cushion because of how much he typically sucks. <laughs> so I decided that I would take one for the team and legitimately cartwheel myself as hard as I possibly could into the air fence. Right on. So so uh, so, so you I just did wa- that, and Merg was able to make some uh, some repairs during the red flag, fortunately. I love it. So you took one for the team. He said, I don't need points at Lime Off. I'll, I'll go ahead and finish last, and you end up 17th. So Morgan, did uh, did the red flag situation, uh, were you able to make those changes and make your way further towards the front? Yeah. Uh, I started towards the back of the back, back of the pack. I had a really good spot. I actually did better than uh, Jesse in the semi, just because everyone was either – Pipes were falling off or whatever, and we, uh, I, I was doing solid. I just went right down to the bottom, right? I was just riding the Girl Scout line because it was working for me in the semi. I don't know why, but I just made it work down there, and I tried to ke- keep making it work, and then all of a sudden my bike just kept on slowing down and slowing down, and it was like, there's no way this thing's blowing up. Cause I just got it like a month ago maybe, and – there's no way it's blowing up. I don't see any smoke. And then I, uh, like two laps later, I'm like thinking I, I got to pull off. I got to do something. So this is when he radioed to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I, I was like, yes, no. <laughs> like, Hey, something needs to change. Smoke signals in turn one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, after that, my, I told my dad, cause I didn't know where he was, but after I found him, I told my dad, you need to run and go get another air cleaner. Cause this thing is acting like it's plugged. So my dad, being the fit specimen he is, ran his jolly butt all the way to the van and got another air filter, ran back, and then we got the thing installed just in time. So, so Je- Je- ended up, I, don't, I don't know what the whole issue with it was, but we did that, and it fixed it, and I went from last all the way to ninth. So Jesse laid on the ground long enough to uh, draw the red flag, and he laid there long enough to get your dad to run all the way back to the pit area to get a new air filter. Did you have to clean one and then put the oil on it and the grease on it before so it'd seat up nice, or did you guys have one ready to go? No, this is a full factory program here. Uh, we uh, we just got <laughs> spares in the van. I got gotcha. you. I never had a spare air, air filter with me ever when I was riding a, a, a Framer or a 450 like a motocross bike style, so uh, hats off to Team MJGR for being prepared. Oh, nothing but the best out of us. Absolutely. <laughs> so Lime is in the books. Hey, do you guys have your helmets on right now and you're sitting beside each other in the drive-thru? Or? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, not, that's not later? That's after the call? That's right. Okay, sounds good. So we leave Lima, rolling wheels, no results. Uh, Cal Stogie, you guys said you didn't go out west. And then let's go to the Buffalo Chips. So uh, I remember a certain person with blonde hair that's on this phone call that was talking a little trash about the track when we got to Buffalo Chip, and then he ends up finishing third. So... Uh, Tell us about the day. Jesse, you go first. Let's talk about the Buffalo Chip. How cool is it uh, to race inches away from the fans and, you know, like, you know, thousands of fans all the way around the racetrack? Uh, That was, I think most of the riders are going to say that was probably their favorite race of the year. That was definitely cool. Um, I mean, we were literally like five feet away from the spectators when we were coming out right before the jump there. I mean, they were literally hanging over the fence, and that was definitely the best atmosphere of the year getting – that many, that, many, that many amount of people 
into that small area to be able to watch a race was was exactly what the sport needed. So a solid third place finish, like you said, it was a, a favorite of everybody's. I, I would personally agree with that too. And and even the owner of the Buffalo chip, you know, we had to be done by, I think it was like 9.07. We had to be completely done with everything. And, and we went a little bit over because of Henry Wiles' oil spill. And, and the, the owner and everybody there at the Buffalo chip said, hey, man, you guys keep it going. And even, you know, finished out on the stage, you know, where the concerts are at. So a cool event there. Uh, Merg, I don't see any points for you. What happened? I was just slow. I couldn't get out of my own way. All right. Well, I, I don't know. I just got to do more TTs. I got to practice. Got to do some moto. Got to get got to get more diverse here, and we got to start training a little harder. Uh, I might, might take up some uh, enduro cross. Maybe might go over trials. Not sure yet, but, but we'll figure something out for these TTs. All right, sounds good. Uh, we got the radio communication team on the call right now. I'm talking to Jesse Janish and Morgan Mishler. Team MJGR, can I get a vowel? What? Let's go to the Black Hill Speedway. Just two days after the Buffalo chip, we've got the 13th place finish for Jesse and a 7th place finish for Merg. So uh, do you guys have any uh, team team strategy and team uh, radio communication go between you two in this one? Uh, no, we didn't really have any communication other than uh... – we did have a red flag in the semi where we had to restart. I think we were restarting second and third, and I made sure to let Merg know that there was no possible way he was going to beat me to the first first turn, even though he was starting in front of me on a single-file restart. So if you actually look back at the video, Scotty, you actually announced me ripping off my tear-off and looking at Merg and dropping it in front of him. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh, 13th, Jesse. You don't, you don't remember that stuff, Merg? No, the the batteries went dead on the headset. So I mean, we we had some troubles communicating. Okay. But, All right. So you know, the best of it. So you finished you finished ahead of your uh, your your uh, you know your teammate with the seventh place finish, Merg. So you must have liked the the Black Hill Speedway. I think that's where my dad became a huge fan because I think he he actually texted me during the races and was saying how deep you were sliding into the corners and and uh, how impressed he was. Like I said, he started being, being your fan back at, uh, at Daytona Bike Week, but uh, Black Hill Speedway was uh, uh, another spot where he really, really liked uh, watching you race. No, he's thinking of uh, Sturge's half mile. Oh. At the half mile, when it was a real skinny notch groove, yep. I was just throwing in there trying to catch Ben Lau and it wasn't the right thing to do, but I was having a ball. Well, evidently you're making fans, so and, and uh, good finishes, so that's good. So uh, seventh place finish there at the Black Hills. Let's go to the uh, Peoria TT. We got the top of the barrel, and we got the bottom of the barrel. So let's go. The cream rises to the top. Jesse, uh, first win of the season. How cool is that on a new reconfigured track there at uh, Peoria? I was just thankful that Hayden didn't show up. <laughs> you, you don't think you could have beat him? I think I might have been able to get him there. I was definitely, I don't know, it's kind of weird. After I broke my collarbone at Lima, I've been actually riding a lot better. So I think uh, I think Buffalo Chip was difficult. That was my first national back from breaking it. And, uh, you know, passing was tough there. I actually uh, out-qualified him there, but he certainly had the pace that night. But it was just so hard to pass. I think at Peoria I would have gotten him, but it's a uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda deal, you know, had he been there, I mean, we would actually know the truth, but I think I could have gotten him. It's it's his fault for not coming. So you got the, you got the big trophy and then uh, Murray got an 18th place finish. You, you've said before you don't moto. So uh, learning, you know, front brakes and learn how to jumps a, a, a big step. So 18th place finish, anything you want to add to that? Uh, well, originally I was going for 17th. 
I didn't want to get last. I wanted to get 17th. And then uh, with about three laps left to go or four laps left to go, uh, the uh, radiator fluid went into the overflow he, he bottle. He heard me and... coming. He was nervous because he heard me coming. You, you were uh -huh. going to lap him? That's right. Yeah, okay. You know, I just wanted to make sure everybody finished the race. That's why I was in last, you know. Jesse knew what was going on up front, and I, I figured I'd make sure everybody finished that race. Had to keep it safe. Okay. All right. That's good team orders there. I like it. So uh, let's go to the Springfield Short Track. And uh, Morgan Mishler breaks out of the uh, the best finish of his career. Uh, was a fifth coming in, and now he gets a second, gets on the podium, uh, gets to talk to uh, Bubba Blackwell down there at the uh, Springfield Short Track. And uh, second place finish, Merg, uh, tell us about it. Uh. Well, we started out doing a – we had a solid start. I was sitting in second right behind Steven Sandal for the first couple laps. And then uh, we had Dan Bromley just knife straight to the bottom and, like, push Steven Sandoval, like, off the track. And I just about snuck under him. And then uh, he, he got me because he had more straightaway speed. And then I followed him, and I, I started to stop using my brakes. So I was just kind of keeping everything moving, keeping everything rolling. And I caught up to him, and I thought I was going to run into the back of him and just high side and just lose it. And then I, I knew I could have been really competitive with him, but I knew that I didn't want to end up like Steven and go backwards all the way back to the pack. So I just figured I'd, I'd be content with my second-place finish and not take any chances. I like it. How cool was it to be on the podium at a, at a national? Better than loading up. Better than loading up. Uh, so – you say that because your teammate doesn't have any points there. Jesse, did uh, you not run good at the, at the short track or what? Uh, no, I just knew Merck was going pretty fast, and I really I figured he had podium speed. And being that that was the first time in his entire life he's had podium speed, I really wanted to be able to watch it. So, so, so you I decided it would just be best for me to not qualify for that main, so I'd have a good spot in the stands to watch. Did you uh, Did you have the radio in the grandstands? I I, I, th I think I remember you sitting pretty much right beside me, and and you could you were you talking to Merg and telling him not to not to pass Bromley and make him look look bad or what? After the night I had, there was zero advice coming out of my mouth. Okay, all right. So you're just a cheerleader at that point. Yep, that that's about the only thing I was going to be good at at that point. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's move on from Springfield, Williams Grove. No points. Did you, I don't even remember you guys going out to Pennsylvania. Uh, I was out there watching. Um, I was out there just to support my buddy Brock. Um, that one wasn't one of them that I had on my plans. So okay, all right. I just kind of kind of bailed on that one. So you kind of picked and choose this year, uh, Lone Star. Uh, last time I seen both of you guys, uh, a fourth for Jesse and, and a sixth for, for Merg. So uh, a, a decent way to end the season. Uh, Jesse, you end up eighth in the point standings. Anything from Texas that stands out? Uh, man, I was just pumped to get a fourth. I mean, had, uh, had Bromley not, well, I could have said if, if the top three guys that beat me hadn't shown up, I would have won. But, um, you know, Bromley's not necessarily always a singles rider, and I know he's going back to twins, so it's like if, if I would have just not had him out there, I would have finally gotten a podium on an oval. So, um, and that was one of my – that was actually my biggest goal going into the season was the podium on one of the oval tracks. Okay. Um, so that was that was pretty much like the highlight of my year is getting a fourth there. That was that was awesome in my book. That's good stuff. Uh, Merg, you just want to sit back and watch him and try to see if he could get a podium. I mean, you finished sixth, so just a couple of spots behind your teammate. I was there for moral support. I was cheering him on. You know, I was I was struggling myself with my own setup, but I figured, you know, he, he needed me in his ear to, to get that fourth. So, you know, I, I, I know where I have to be. 
and I was there. You were there behind them with support. That's nothing but a good yep. teammate, MJGR. Um, I, all good stuff, guys. Let's talk about 2018. Jesse, you've said that uh, you're all in for 2018, so that means you're going to every race? Yep, this will be... I've actually been a part of the National Series since 2003 in some form or fashion, and this will actually be the first year that I'm doing, I pl actually at least planning on doing every National. So you just said since 2003. So uh, that's before some of these guys are, that you're racing against were born, I think. But So that's why I call you the old man of the bunch. Well, I turned pro in, when I was 16. There you I'm go. only 30. So okay, all right. There's so. no way they were that young. <laughs> uh, Merg, uh, what's, your, what's your plans for 2018? Right now I'm trying to get, hop onto a Yamaha. Just trying to find a, a spare Yamaha laying around, hopefully a 2018. Yeah. And then a, a spare you know, 2018. I like figure, it. Figure something out for out west when we, when we go. And, and I'd, I'd like to do the entire uh, series. You know, uh, I got school things to take care of in May. So I wish that the schedule would kind of change, but it won't. <laughs> well, that. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I'd love to do the entire round. You know, ending up in Minnesota would be pretty cool, you know, close to home. Yeah, I think that would be a cool one. We've raced there before at the uh, Canterbury Park there in uh, Minneapolis, so I'm looking forward to going back. That's actually in Shakopee, but I'm looking forward to going back to there. So uh, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would say both of you had a really good season. Looking back, uh, are you guys both satisfied with 2017? I mean, I didn't get hurt, so I'm, I'm doing pretty solid. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I had a couple of goals going into the year. Um, I didn't necessarily hit them all, but getting top 10 in the series is one of them. So ending up with an eighth, I was, I was definitely super pumped about, super pumped about that. Did you guys have fun? Oh yeah. Every time. Every absolutely. That's, that's pretty much, uh, the only thing that we worry about when we go to the races is making sure that we're, uh, we're having a blast. So that's the team motto. Have fun. Get tropical. And tropical. All right. So, what's up with the floral prints on on the ball caps and stuff? I know we talked about it a little bit, but uh, who, who designs the ball caps and and why is why are all your caps floral? Um, I take care of all the hats, but the whole floral thing started with Merck. Uh, when my grandpa passed like eight years ago, I don't know, I was like ten, and like I I found this hat that had like some super old. Uh, floral print that was all faded and like so i i did i put it on and it fit and so since then i've just kind of used floral as, as whatever you know i just wear it different stands out hard to miss how about how about you guys come out with some floral leathers <laughs> i don't know do it you're gonna help pay for it? hey that, you know that's what not about that's not for the plan next year yet well okay well let's let's see if we can make that happen um what are you guys doing to get prepared for 2018? Uh, just, you know, trying to button up all the sponsorship stuff outside of that. I mean, personally, many changes. Um, so just trying to get my 17 and my 18 all ready to go. I'll be back on Yamaha's and keeping a good majority of the same sponsors I had last year and just kind of working with Roof Systems as a title sponsor for next year for myself. And, uh, yeah, nothing special out of me. All right, Merg? I'm working on transitioning over to Yamaha. So, you know, I've, I've been in contact with a couple of Yamaha dealers and right now we're, we're working on it. I right. can't say it's happening yet, but we're working on it. And aside from that, just getting all my resumes out and <laughs> seeing what, what's out there for support. How many hours yeah. a week do you guys ride? 
right now? <laughs> All the time. I mean, uh, I know it's Scotty, twenty. It's twenty degrees. Degrees out right now, Scotty. I know. Yeah, I mean, zero. Zero. How about during the season? Do you guys just ride at the races, or do you guys train on on bikes or bicycles or anything? Oh yeah, we train. We train real hard. Uh, there is. There is absolutely pretty much zero training here, Scotty. This it's is all, all natural talent. It's all, it's all about the it's smiles. All, all, all about the smiles. Um, we do uh, we do go Honda gromming through the woods on the trails at his grandma's house. I saw some of that too at the Black Hills, didn't I? You guys kind of get lost or something? I think I heard a story about that. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was some uh, some possible off roading. Did you guys have your radio communication on? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we did. It was it was loud and clear. There was a lot of panicking. <laughs> I would have loved to have heard uh, heard your radio transmissions there. The only uh, the only one cool story I think I have that we didn't share was uh, Kentucky, is I neither of us did collect points there. But something that was kind of funny or cool is uh, the night before Kentucky, Merg won Plymouth, and I ended up fifth. And I had my one of my best friends, Kevin. So it was me, my fiance, and Kevin all in my van, and we were backing up. And Merg just won Dairyland for the second time, so he's over there signing autographs. I rolled my window down and said, "Hey, <laughs> sucker, if you're heading to Kentucky with us, you need to get going, or I'm leaving." Yeah. And literally, I put my van in drive, and he had to grab his shit and run around my van and jump in my van as we took off, as all this crowd is still literally around his sprinter. Like, everything's still unloaded in the sprinter. Like, nothing has been loaded. And we took off, and we stopped at Subway, grabbed food, and we drove all night. And uh, I drove until about 3.30 in the morning. My buddy Kevin finished the drive for us. I told Merg the only way he could come along is as long as he stayed awake and kept Kevin awake while he drove. So me and... uh. Me and Red got about three hours of sleep, and Merg and Kevin drove the rest of the way down there, and we got down to Louisville, Kentucky at about 8, eight in the morning. And uh, and then, unfortunately, I ended up having a mechanical issue, so I didn't get to race. But kind of a crazy cool story that uh, is kind of funny that, that we, uh, we, we had happen. But that's kind of how we roll. You know, there's not a... There's not a factory support or, uh, or someone else carrying the bikes. You know, we, we load them up in the van, and we make it happen. Right on. Here's the hardest question of the uh, of the uh, little sit down we've had here today. Uh, Jesse Janish sitting right beside uh, Morgan Mishler, holding hands up there in Wisconsin, trying to keep each other warm. Uh, Jesse, you go first. If you were put in charge of the AFT series, what would be the first thing that you would do? Allow motocross helmets and front fenders to be on every single national. Okay. What's the purpose of the front fender? I don't know. I just don't like the rule change. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh, uh, if that was, uh, I mean, track prep, I would probably try to work with the venues a little bit more. Maybe. I mean, I know that if they tell us that they've been in, they've been involved and they've been there early on, it's just, we're not always necessarily seeing it. I mean, you hear, I wasn't involved in the red mile a couple of like 10, 15 years ago when they ran it, but you hear really good stories about how, it was used to be a cushion and and then you know we showed up and it was packed in as tight as it can be and yeah it, it, you know it was a hard packed slick track so that was a little disappointing um so i guess track prep would be the biggest thing really good stuff um you know i, I get why they're they're doing certain things they certainly want them to be you know they want the tracks to be safe which obviously we're all going to agree with but at the same time, you know, it, it'd be nice if we had a little bit more of a racy racetrack at times. Yep. I like it. Good stuff, Jesse. How about you, Merg? 
Uh, I'd probably make uh, the Dairyland Classic a national just so I could win one. <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. You, uh, you, you do go really good up that, there. It's just all about track prep. You know, if the track is prepped appropriately, we can ride anywhere. You know, it, it depends on the angle of the, the track, you know, and, and just keep maintaining uh, momentum around it. But, you know, depending on the track, you can make anything work, I feel like. Right on. And honestly, like, with that being said, AFT's done, honestly, a phenomenal job over the past year with the changes they have made. I mean, um, I feel like I've been in, like I said, I've been in pro racing since 03. I would say this is the first time that I honestly feel like the series has made strides to becoming, you know, actually uh, a household name or, you know, we're finally, you know, the, the stands are completely full and people are really enjoying the product that they're getting shown. Um, and that's, that's awesome for us. Um, you know, if obviously the biggest problem we have still is on the financial side. I mean, obviously I have a full-time job I have to do, you know, a lot of us, especially in the singles class, can't have this as a career. So that part of it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, I, I always try to look at the fan side of things and the business side of the racing. So, you know, for that side, it'd be nice if we were able to stay, you know, a couple hours after the race is over and, and hang out with fans and try to do that side of it. But it's tough at the same time when you got to get home and get back to work. Yeah, that's good stuff for sure. I, I uh, you know, a couple of the riders we talked to yesterday said that they've seen more money's coming into the singles side, uh, especially I'm, I'm talking singles because you guys are both in the singles class. But, uh, you know, the, the purse I'm hearing is going to be a little bit bigger. Uh, the availability to get more contingencies coming. And I think that's all good stuff. So hopefully the, may, they must be listening to your radio transmissions there, uh, Jesse J. You know, the sport's on the way up. Uh, originally, I planned on calling it quits or retiring from the pro national scene or whatever you want to call it after this season, and then I moved it to the end of next season, and now we're talking about maybe, you know, doing all next year and 2019, and, you know, if, if the sport keeps going up and I'm not in dead last, I feel like I'm going to keep wanting to go racing. Awesome. Dude. Actually, both dudes, we appreciate your time. We had a good time. Uh, we, we knew we wanted to get you guys both on here because you're both hilarious and uh, good information. We're sorry we kept you on here a little longer than you guys had planned, but uh, we know you're going to go have some fun this weekend. So, again, we appreciate your time, and uh, good luck, and have some fun the off season. Oh, man, thanks, thanks, Scotty, and we appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the phone call. Over and out.